0: Hello and welcome to the Career Changers podcast. I'm Elisa Martinic and I'm the founder and editor in chief of the Career Changers. I'm definitely one of them. I learned from my experience that following our dreams requires courage, self-awareness and a lot of inner work. I love to discover stories of career change and share them with the world as a source of inspiration for all those who are still searching. Career Changes are not the straightforward chronology written in our CVs, but the sum up of our dreams, ambitions, failures and successes. The Career Changers is an online community that aims to inspire thousands of people during their journey to self-realization. We discover and share inspirational real-life stories of career change, we inspire people that are thinking to change career, We support people that want or need to change career but feel stuck or lacking confidence and clarity. We connect and collaborate with organizations that support career change across different industries. I believe that thinking to have only one job or career in our life is a limiting belief unless the job or that career make us happy. Life is a journey and with one-third of our lives spent working it would be unimaginable, to not have a desire to explore new avenues. Welcome to the Career Changers podcast. Hello and welcome to the Career Changers. Our guest today is Stacey Wallace, CEO of the Fuel by Fire Mastery Program and the Lead Mastermind and founder of the non-profit organization EM Women which rescues and restores the lives of women and girls who have gone through some of life's most difficult challenges. In Stacey's words, I've been incredibly blessed to write eight books, share the stage with five US presidents, help scale companies from scratch to nine figures. But when I tell you how all of that was possible, it will blow your mind and give you hope that if it can happen for me, It can happen for you too. I've also lived through multiple battles that have tried to strip me of my joy and derail my peace. But whether it was the loss of our home in a fire, the death of a loved one, suicidal depression, abuse, business failure, multi-million dollar lawsuit, or simple industry rejection, I have refused to give up. And I've learned that my journey prepared me to become a better version of myself. Today Stacey is going to talk about her career and life journey and how to make your business thrive and why empower women empower women. Hi Stacey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you,
1: it is my joy to be here and to be able to share with your listeners. It's gonna be a a great time.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's start uh, from your background. How did you start your professional life or better? What was your first job? <laughs> well, my first job, actually, my my
1: dad hired me at 16 years old to run the phones. He had a productions company and a real estate company. And I would, I was hired to answer the phones. I would say, uh, good morning and welcome to Sun Life and Associates. How may I help you? (laughs) And he would practice with my tone of voice. My dad was very motivational and was a motivational speaker. And so he would always work with me on my communication, my communication. And, And then from that point, I went into Broadway musicals and acting and theater and and had a pretty beautiful career in the area of music and recording five CDs. And uh, so there were a number of other things that I did along the way.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know that side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been an entrepreneur since I was
1: just a little girl. And by the time I was 18 years old, because I had this father that was very much into Zig Ziglar, who was a big motivational speaker at the time, Uh, He would teach me and my dad was a pastor and a minister that Stacy, there's so much that you can do, but it's going to require you to be consistent, to have fortitude, to be dedicated and to do things other people your age aren't willing to do. So by the time I was 18, uh, I had already started my own company. I was a fashion coordinator. I actually have the fa- largest fashion coordinating company in, in Canada, in Central Canada. And so uh, ran massive modeling agencies and and fashion shows. and And so by the end of my 18th year, I started in network marketing, selling water filters. And my first check was $8,976. And I went on to produce millions and millions of dollars in that industry. And by the age of 21... I was the youngest national marketing director in that company. So early on, uh, I had some really great success because I had this gift of faith. I just believed if my dad believed in me and thought I could do it, I just went out and did it. I didn't question. It doesn't mean it was easy uh, because I worked while other kids were playing and going to parties. I was working, I was selling water filters. I was going door to door, hooking up water filters on people's taps. Uh, But I learned early on that if you're willing to pay the price, uh, that the world offers you a lot more than, than if you wait for things to happen.
0: Well, what a great beginning. And uh, I guess it's part of what is called also the self-fulfilling prophecy. And in this case, you had your dad believing in you. So he put that seed where you could mm-hmm. reflect right. and, and, and see the, your value and, and believe in yourself.
1: It's so true. You know, when I was young, I I had such big dreams. One of the dreams I had, because I was a singer, I was a businesswoman, and I was a basketball player. Those were the three things I was doing at the age of 18. And so I was tiny, I was skinny, I was scrawny, I was shorter than all the other girls. So I had to work harder. I have a TEDx that talks about the 1% method. And I'd really learned it early on that whether and you may think that this dream that i have seems so impossible it seemed impossible for me to be a basketball player but i had a dream that one day i was going to be the first white girl on the harlem globetrotters and so that meant that i was going to have to be really good with ball handling skills really good with my outside shots uh, really good skills had to improve over being just an average basketball player Uh, as a singer i wanted to be able to be the first girl on white girl on Motown. And so I dreamed of being able to have a big recording contract. At the time, Motown was mostly African-American singers and beautiful, amazing singers. And and I had this dream, but I realized, because that's the kind of music I sang. And I would realized that I'm going to have to practice more than most people. I'm gonna to have to get myself visible where I had been obscure. Most people didn't know who I was. And then of course, in the area of business, Uh, I had a dream of of being a young entrepreneur that made was able to produce millions of dollars in in revenues. That meant that I had to work hard, stay up late, do things that other 18, 19, 20 year olds weren't doing. And uh, so my life early on was, was really framed. And it was this ultimately became a setback for me. It was framed by achievement. I learned that there's really, I wasn't privileged. I didn't have a wealthy family. I didn't go to college. Uh, I didn't have a fancy pedigree, but I had grit. I had faith and I had somebody that believed in me. Somebody that said, you can do it, go for it. And that put me in a place where everything I needed, I wanted to be number one at everything. I wanted to achieve, I was fueled by success. I was fueled by achievement. And that ultimately became an addiction to me, to where if I wasn't achieving, I became depressed. If I wasn't winning, I became full of anxiety and stress. And ultimately, that is what led me into what I do today, is help people build purpose-driven, faith-based, highly profitable lives and businesses that they love without forsaking their peace. So I was able to build a lot of wealth and a lot of... A claim and achievement, but I didn't have any peace because it had become such an addiction to me. And so today, we work with CEOs and thought leaders and entrepreneurs that are building uh, companies six, seven, eight, even nine-figure companies. Uh, we help them find that balance between high achievement and production while maintaining your peace in the areas of faith, family, finance, fitness, focus, freedom, and fun. Mm.
0: Well, it sounded to me that you had it all at very young age. Uh, anyway, so you mentioned like uh, basketball, you mentioned fashion, but mm-hmm. what was your dream job when you were a child, if you had one? Well,
1: uh, because I had three loves, I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to play for the Olympics back then. I'm 52 right now. So back then we didn't have a WNBA. So there was really no future for women in basketball unless you wanted to be a teacher. And I really didn't want to be a teacher. Uh, So I was picked for the junior Olympic basketball team. But the same year that I was picked for the junior Olympic basketball team, I was also asked to sing the opening and closing ceremony song with a guy named David Foster for the Olympics. And so... I opted to forego the junior Olympics in basketball and go and be a singer at the Olympics for the opening and closing ceremonies. It was a contest. There was 9,800 people that entered it. I entered it, and um, it was the first time I'd ever been away from home. I was 19 years old, 18 years old, and um, I ended up winning. And it put me on a stage, an international stage, in front of billions of people, and that opened up doors for me. But again, it also fed it fed the addiction of the need to win, the need to lead. And uh, with that came a lot of a lot of struggles after that. I ended up going through, uh, I got married when I was young, married a rodeo cowboy, and I was a country music singer by that time, nominated for new female vocalist of the year. A lot of really great things happened to me early on. Um, and then seven months into that marriage, Uh, He left me. It was abusive, and I went through suicidal depression, wanted to end my life, couldn't see myself being successful in anything, felt like my life was ruined, and uh, in that season is really where I hit an epiphany, a turning point where I was realizing I was being fueled by the wrong outcomes. Instead of being fueled by generosity and compassion and servitude, I was fueled By things that pleased me and and my dreams and what I wanted out of life. And uh, it took some years for me to break that addiction. Uh, I went through an incredible faith journey that transformed my life forever to where today I live to give. Uh, We're tremendously blessed. And uh, that's why we have our nonprofit organization uh, for women. Even though we do a lot in corporate America, training coaches, training leaders, training CEOs, we do that now. Not to get, but we do that to give, and we pass through uh, a large portion of our revenues and proceeds and profits. We pass that through to M Women and other nonprofit organizations that are empowering women, that are empowering girls, that are re- pulling people out of the gutter of life and helping them really have a better life and be able to have the job skill trainings and the things that they need to make life better for others. Mm-hmm.
0: So many people, when they start their career, they think uh, education is the stepping stone, uh, uh, the moment where they need to decide what to do and set uh, their future. Uh, You mentioned briefly your education before. What is your educational background?
1: I did not go to college. I don't have a degree. Uh, My education comes through life experiences and being able to, you know, again, I guess I was born into the school of grit. Uh, My dad taught me that if you want it, work hard enough for it. Um, Later on in life, I realized that that's not enough because that doesn't create happiness. I realized that the greatest lessons that I've learned is learning what God has for me on this planet. What is his will for my life? And can I partner with heaven to bring heaven on earth to some people who may not be able to see that for themselves? And so the education I spent uh, when I went through that suicidal depression and divorce, I had a radical spiritual experience and uh, spent six to eight hours a day for an entire year studying scripture, studying what would, was God's plan for my life. What would he want these talents and these giftings? Uh, yeah, they can make money and they can sell records and they can put me on pretty cool stages. But that's just not why I'm here. I felt like there, I always felt like there was something more. And when I learned how to tap into, and this was the greatest aha of my life. When I learned how to tap into what my purpose on this planet was, I began to shift out of performance into truly operating according to my God-given purpose. We call that in our company, finding your North Star. What is it that guides you? What are the core values that lead you? Uh, Because if your core value is money, it will never be enough. You'll never have enough money because money only makes you more of what you are. If your core value is winning, um, so you win, then what? Your core values have to be something higher than achievement, higher than material possessions. And that's why we say to people, find something you love and then find a way to monetize it by serving others with it. And, and helping other people get to where they need to be. Uh, my dear friend Zig Ziglar used to say, you can have everything in life you want, if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. So today, my, my education of 35 years in corporate America and business, raising up companies into the hundreds of millions, uh, starting sales teams that grew into the hundreds of thousands. I use that now, not for my own pleasure, I use that now to help other people figure out what's missing in their business, what's missing in their life. Uh, my marriage of 25 years and having kids that are raised now that love God, that are on purpose. I don't, I don't brag about that for me anymore. I brag that I say, if we can do it, you can do it. Let us show you how we did it. Let us show you the methods, the principles, uh, the strategies that we've used in order to create sustainable wealth, sustainable success. We've been through seven uh, seven recessions and we've come out on the other side, even though they've been difficult. We've come out on the other side thriving because we've put specific principles in place that they just have they work over and over and over again.
0: So you have so many experiences, but what have been the highlights of your career? I would say, of course, my, my marriage to my husband, having
1: my children, uh, the things that we should say as as humble and kind women, we should always think about the, the things that matter most to us. Um, I would say the highlight of my career was when I realized money's not enough and I wanted to do and be who God had called me to be. The day that I turned my career beyond money. In our coaching program, I teach something called the 40th floor and above. And basically, it was a dream that I had, and this dream changed everything that we do, every program that we teach. We talk about this dream, and it's this chart of transcendence. Where uh, in this dream, I was on an elevator, and I was going up in the elevator, and there was money, and there was cars, and I was able to access a lot of things through the first floor, the second floor, the third floor, all the way up to the 39th floor, everything that money can buy. And every floor, like at the base of the elevator, were, were, were emotions and fear and anxiety. But then when you elevated to the next floor, you got a little better. You got more stronger, but you also got a little bit more egotistical. Um, maybe there was some narcissism in there, and you went to the next floor and there was dogma, uh, rules and regulations. But you, gradually getting better with each floor till finally – We got to the 39th floor, which was really being a change agent in the world, Uh, being somebody who cares about others, cares about the universe, cares about your your fellow man. and, And everything is good, but it's still about things that are on the earth. In this dream, when I got to the 39th floor, I thought, wow, is this everything? And I stepped off the elevator and heard a voice say, look to the right. And I looked to the right and there was another elevator that I'd have to walk down a hall. And it was the 40th floor and above. And who doesn't want to go to the penthouse, right? Who doesn't want to go up? So I went over and there was a, a key. And in my faith, that key was the access point was a relationship with God through, through Christ. And so I put the key into that, that, that slot and it opened up what was illuminated light. And it was everything money can't buy it was love it was joy it was peace it was patience kindness goodness gentleness long suffering and and there was just this an amazing array of light and i was like okay i want that floor i want to live on that floor and and there was just this oneness with the thoughts of god the love of god the the, the creator god and so i realized that this was what God was wanting my husband and I to teach in our programs through Fueled by Fires, not to be fueled by money, not to be fueled by self or talent or ambition, but to be fueled by these things that money can't buy. You can have a house, but a house doesn't mean you have a home. You can buy books and still not have wisdom because wisdom is knowledge applied. You can buy a, a mattress and never have a good night's sleep and have rest. So the things that money can't buy are really, as humans, what we're wanting to access. But I believe that there's a way to do that. And it's less of me, less of myself, less of my dreams, less of my talents and abilities, less of my ego, and more of God, what would you have of me today? And how can I serve your people? And that really has become the greatest lesson that I've learned throughout all of my career Um, The greatest education has been learning how to live on the 40th floor and above.
0: So how and when did you decide to use your business experience and start helping small businesses to thrive? I've always
1: wanted to because I've always been in the business of creating leaders, even back when I was 18. uh, That was a network marketing company where we sold water filters, but we created teams of other people who sold water filters. So I've always been helping people, even in my fashion coordinating business, it was helping models get on stage, providing a really good show for them to be on, hiring them. I've always wanted to provide a workplace for other people to be able to put food on the table, but not until 2017 was I really engaged in less of me and more of them. 2017, I had another dream, and I have a lot of dreams. And people who follow me or have read my book, Fueled by Fire, you'll read a lot of these dreams in there. But in 2017, I had a dream that it had two parts. One was that something was going to happen in 2020 and that it was going to be catastrophic. And so I was supposed to pull out of all systems the educational system, the healthcare system, the uh, monetization system, the stock market just pull out of all systems. And of course, I didn't realize that 2020. Is when COVID would hit. But I obeyed because the other part of the dream was it was a voice that said, Will you say yes? Would you sacrifice your life? And that dream, and again, it's written out in my book, but I talk about being asked to give away all of our money, being asked to donate everything we have to the poor, and to go two and a half years serving those who were the most needy, the most broken the most outcasted from society. And so when I woke up from that dream, I went to my husband. I said, baby, I I believe. And at that time we were making more money than we had ever made. We were at the top of our game, both of us. I said, I really believe I'm supposed to step away from my career, step away from my title. And I really believe God's asking me to begin to focus on M women and people who can't help themselves. And so uh, he said, well, what does that mean with the company? And I said, well, I'm going to just shift all my responsibilities over to you. And he said, okay, well, one month later, he comes to me and he said, I had a dream and my husband doesn't usually have dreams. And he said, I think I'm supposed to do it with you. And so together we left corporate America. We left our positions. We began to give away everything we had to the poor. Uh, We fed 10,000 people at Christmas that year along with other businesses, we were the event coordinators for a very big event where we put 10,000 homeless people inside of the convention center. It's a lot, that's a lot of people. Fed them and gave them sleeping bags and coats and Christmas presents and brought their families and gave them amazing food. And um, we began to realize that the highest achievement is not in what you get. It's not in what you attain in life. The highest achievement is how well you serve others. And that changed our lives forever. We had always been givers. We had always been philanthropists. It's one thing to write a check at your local church or at your local nonprofit. It's another thing to go sit in the flower bed of the Salvation Army or some type of organization that feeds the poor and be with them, identify with them, become a part of them. And, and when we gave away everything we had. Uh, we even gave away, you know, our cars, we, we didn't have a car for nine months. Uh, his car, a mine, we had really nice vehicles. Uh, when people would ask us to go to dinner, we didn't tell them what God had asked us to do. We just told them, Hey, can you pick us up? Yeah, let's, let's ride together. But it was because we didn't have a car. And in that season of our lives, I really believe we learned what the, you know, some people call it the universe. Some people call it God. Some people call it, um, humanity what, but we learned what we believe we learned what god was wanting us to get as human beings is it's more blessed to give than to receive there's some there's a the sup, a supernatural economic system behind generosity that you don't get through pounds or dollars or bitcoin you only get it through the economic exchange of the things that money can't buy so if i give you today i give you my time i'm probably going to receive time if I give you my honor, I don't give you honor because you're honorable. I give honorable because I'm honorable. Now you are honorable, but sometimes the it might be that you're asked to forgive somebody who's mean and, and they're nasty and they don't deserve that, but you do it because you're a loving person. You're an honorable person. And I have found that the things that money can't buy, the core values of life, they create more wealth, more abundance, more peace than anything you will ever learn in university, on the stock market, on TV, through media, or any other means, because it truly is what makes the world go around. Mm. Wow,
0: Um, (laughs) I'm very touched by your speech. Um, So you mentioned before um, the 1% method of micro progress. Can you tell us what is it and uh, how it works?
1: It's a really practical method that we have our clients apply. So what what we do is when somebody comes into one of our, like our mastery or our mastermind programs, the first thing we do is we do a, a retract. We go back into their history to identify the triggers of what works and what doesn't work. So we do something called a timeline with them. And once we identify what's in the history, we can then begin to create patterns and structure for their destiny. Well, once we get to a place where we've gone through the triggers, we've gone through the history, we then begin to talk about what is your dream for the future. And when you look at the dream, your ideal future, your ideal state, your ideal self, usually there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be. That gap is where most people um, get really depressed or they get really anxious or fearful or stressed. But what we want to do is show you how to move from where you are to that ideal life with practical steps of action. We call it the 1% method of micro progress, doing 1% towards your goal every single day. So if I say, let's say by the end of the year, uh, somebody wants to make $100,000 and they've never made $100,000. Well, we're gonna take that $100,000 and we're gonna take whatever the system is that they're gonna do it. Let's say they, have a, they, they sell nutritional products. We're gonna identify how much product do you need to sell in order to make $100,000 per year. Let's say 120,000, that'll make it easier math for me. So that would be essentially $10,000 a month. So we break it down from the yearly goal into a quarterly goal. What do you need to do quarterly in order to hit 120,000 or $10,000 a month, which would be $30,000 a quarter. So then we retract it down to monthly, okay? So that's what we need to do quarterly. So we'll have our quarterly goals Monthly, you need ten thousand dollars a month. How many cells would that be? How many people do you need on your team helping you with those cells, so that we can know what to do every single month? Now we also back it down. We continue to reverse engineer. Okay, what does that look like weekly, so that you know every week, Monday to Friday or Monday to Monday, that that you're doing what you need to do as a team weekly to hit that goal. And then, of course, you can reverse engineer it down to every day. So in order to hit, let's hypothetically say you need to hit um, $1,000 a week. Well, that $1,000 a week would be retracted down into about $250 a day or maybe a little less. Um, But you know now I need to sell $250 worth of product every single day. Now you know exactly what to do. That's your 1%. So if today I know in order to sell $250 worth of product, that's maybe one or two clients and I'm operating at a 10% closing ratio, that means I need to be with 10 to 20 clients every single day. Do You see how that works? So now we can go back in and you can create a plan around that. Probably not going to want to do that yourself, which is going to be why you want to have partnership or team or collaboration so that together, and and if it is you, then you know that you got to hustle it. And really that's, that's how I've made my money in the past is I'm, I'm a hustler, I, I work hard. If you tell me I need to talk to 10 people a day, I'll talk to a hundred people a day just because I know averages. So the 1% method, I know that can be very confusing if somebody's just listening to this on a podcast, but it's essentially, there's no goal, even debt. You can tell me, Stacy, I'm $75,000 in debt. We can take that and if you say, I need to be out of debt within three years, We'll divide that by 36 months. And we'll identify how much debt needs to be demolished so that we can take, it doesn't matter how much somebody's debt is, we can show them how to be completely debt-free and living in uh, wealth strategies in seven years or less. And so when we get back down to the 1% method, the 1% method is what are you gonna do today that's gonna move the needle forward? So somebody might say, Stacy, what is my 1% method in I want to be a, a better communicator with my family? Well, what can you do today? Maybe it's something as simple as just saying I love you. Maybe you don't say I love you enough. So today, 1% to hit that goal that by the end of the year, you want to have a close, tight-knit relationship with your family. Today, just say I love you. Or maybe it's just coming home a little extra early and having dinner with your family at the table. That would be 1%. So 1% doesn't have to always be about numbers or always be about production. Sometimes it's just, maybe you want to get better throughout the year in your faith. Well, maybe it's it's writing out some type of, maybe for me, it would be scriptures. You know, writing out a scripture, I'm going to memorize, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just that simple today. I'm just going to start my own personal affirmations of scripture. Um, for somebody that wants to uh, increase in, Uh, fitness, maybe tonight, instead of going uh, and eating that, or even better, rather than watching the news tonight, go for a walk. That would be 1%. So the 1% method could be applied to any area of life, as well as reversing engineering any big goal.
0: Well, uh, I'm sure that our listeners are really appreciating what you're sharing, and I think uh, uh, many times we have lots of tips about uh, introspection, how to find uh, um, how to find your path. But I think that uh, these practical uh, suggestions are very helpful because uh, mm-hmm. many times is where uh, um, someone that is searching a new way of living um, may get lost. Uh, when they don't know, usually we we dream big and then it's like, okay, what do I do with that? It seems uh, so overwhelming and to make it smaller and then Mm -hmm. say, okay, every day I just have to take an action, it makes it achievable.
1: Little tiny actions. You know, when we think about the duplication of a penny, a penny seems so small and I don't know what it would be uh, where you're from, but a penny here, it's just the smallest denominator coin And, and a penny seems useless, but if you take one penny and you multiply it every day for 30 days, it becomes over $5 million. So that's the power of geometric progression or compounded interest. And so when you compound, I love you, I love you, honey, I just want you to know, I love you. Hey baby, before you go to school, I love you, sweetheart. Hey, daddy loves you. I believe in you. I love you you do that for 30 days, things are going to change in your home instead of, you know, why do you always do that? You're always late. You never, the little micro distinctions of progress towards a big goal. Ultimately it is what helps us eat that big elephant instead of trying to take one big bite or create one big vacation that changes the family forever. One vacation is not going to change your family. It's what you're doing on a daily basis, the micro distinctions of progress that are really going to cause the most monumental change. Mm.
0: So in your experience, is it possible to run a highly profitable company without losing peace? (laughs) It is, but it's not easy. And we
1: do that today. Uh, We run multiple companies. Uh, We help invest and, and coach a lot, hundreds of companies. Uh, We have a 62 acre ranch where we run uh, homesteading and uh, we've got chickens and animals. And uh, so we have a ranch and we have a nonprofit organization that takes up five acres of that ranch uh, where we do transitional living uh, for women and girls who have been through some of life's most difficult challenges. Uh, People say, how do you do everything? Uh, You have got to have process. You've got to understand time expansion so that you're using collaboration, automation, uh, that you're able to digitize what can be digitized, uh, and that you lean in to your higher purpose so that instead of driving for things or wealth or money uh, or fame, you're driving for the things really that are eternal, that um, leave the most impact. And so when we made the shift from being highly self- ambition focused or highly materialistic that was a stressful life no matter how many cars or planes or it was never enough but when we switched out of that way of thinking into a life of true sincere generosity it's amazing you can have the cars you can have the home you can have the ranch but they don't have you you are really focused on being a conduit almost like a pass-through I'm a I'm here, but I know I can't take it with me when I die. So I've got to live with open hands and an open heart. Share with as many people as possible. Serve others dramatically and passionately. And it gives you the opportunity to live with peace and profits. And that really is a signature to what we offer in all of our programs is we're not going to just help you build a purpose-driven, faith-based, highly profitable life, but we're going to show you how to do that. And without losing your peace in the process
0: mm-hmm. uh, so i think you mentioned uh, the sweet spot audit, uh, maybe at the beginning not sure if you mentioned it uh, you said something about it but uh, mm-hmm. how it can assist someone in both business and life
1: well this is another practical something practical your listeners can take away the sweet spot audit now we do something called the swot analysis which a lot of companies are very familiar with it's been around for decades uh, which is where we assess a company and their infrastructure. Um, if somebody's looking to scale or if somebody's looking to sell, we always do a SWOT analysis. But what most people don't understand is a SWOT analysis is about the ecosystem of the infrastructure that's being created. What runs the infrastructure and the ecosystem are individual leaders: the CEO, the COO, CFO. So the sweet spot audit is an individual audit of what makes you as a leader successful? What makes you tick? So the S is what are your strengths? So I want to know when I work with a CEO, not just what is your company doing, but people don't follow companies anymore. They follow brands, personal brands. So they're going to look you up as the CEO of that company, as the coach, as the leader, as the seller, as the real estate agent, as the insurance agent. What is your sweet spot? What are you good at? I call this this is your superpower. What, what, what is your unique value that you bring to the marketplace that sets you apart from the other thousands and thousands of people that are doing the same thing you do? Um, the W is what are your weaknesses? You need to know your kryptonite. Uh, do you fly off the handle? Do you have an attitude? Uh, are you shy? Do you uh, avoid getting in public? Are you, don't, do you lack visibility because you're not willing to get on video? What are your weaknesses and what's holding you back? The next is the next E is energy production. What is it in your life that lights you up? What do you love to do? What, what do you wake up in the morning going, if I could do this, I'd never feel like I'm working again. And you want to make sure you have a lot. For me, that's fishing. <laughs> I love fishing. I love uh, being out on the water. So I have to make sure that I have a lot of fishing in my life. I've got an RV. Uh, we take multiple fishing trips. So if I'm going to do a lot of writing of curriculum, I like to do it around water. It's very energy producing. For My faith is energy producing. My family is energy producing. So I keep myself surrounded by energy producers. The next D is energy demanders. You've also got to recognize who sucks the life out of you. What sucks the life out of you? Because if you happen to have a spouse that's negative and they don't believe in you and they're talking against you, or maybe you've got people at work that are constantly complaining. Well, if you've got a lot of energy demanders around you, you need to double down with energy producers. And that could be hiring a coach that could be going to a a nonprofit organization that makes you feel alive, that could be uh, hiring a mentor or or tapping into a program, something that produces creativity, innovation, and energy. And then the final one is T, that's time expansion. How well are you at time expansion? Things that allow you to multiply time instead of just working within your 24 hours. And the only way to time expand is through something we called our made uh, process, is making sure what you're doing is monetizable, making sure that, it is, um, that you can put it on automation, that you can automate it, making sure that it is digital and making sure that it can be evergreen. So time expansion means that you're getting beyond yourself, you're using collaboration, you're using automations to really give yourself the ability to do all the things that you want to do in life.
0: What does it mean to boom?
1: <laughs> That's good. That's a, I'm big into acronyms as you can tell. Boom, <laughs> break out of mediocrity. And a lot of people stay in a normal mindset, the same old, same old, same old routine. They're trying to do what everybody else does, and so they're just mediocre. But when you break out of mediocrity, the sonic boom happens. When a plane breaks through the sound barrier, and and what makes the sound barrier is a lot of pressure. Most people who live a mediocre life, they're not willing to pay the price like I was when I was little to work harder, to be more consistent, to fall down, get back up, fall down, get back up, to fail forward. Most people are mediocre, and they'll never break through the barrier of mediocrity. When you break through the barrier of mediocrity, what happens is, you know, it's the tension of a bow and arrow that creates the trajectory. Knowing that tension or pressure is your friend because pressure creates progress, but it requires a price tag to be paid. And the price tag of breaking out of mediocrity, boom, is usually uh, being willing to go where other people don't go, uh, take risks other people won't take, get outside of your comfort zone and do the things you know you should do instead of just the things that are coming easy to you.
0: So you mentioned before your family, how important it has been in, in, through all your life and for, for mm-hmm. you to achieve success. So how can people include family in their businesses and through their journey to self-realization?
1: For us, it has come ever since our children were little, we knew that we wanted to do life together. It starts if you're, if you're single and you have an extended family and moms and dads and cousins, um, that's one element of family is practicing on them. If you, if you plan on having a tribe of your own, a family of your own, uh, before you have your own family, I believe that we get this opportunity. It's almost like going to university. We get to practice on our cousins we get to practice on our sisters and our brothers and and if we can't have relationship with our family of blood which is those that are our family by blood we'll never be able to have good human interactions with our family of choice which are the people we choose to do life with i'm going to choose my husband i'm going to and i don't get to choose my kids but i choose to have kids so I, i get to choose my staff though i get to choose uh my business partners so being able to work with family really requires incredible human engagement skills. So with our children, we raise them uh, with very strong core values that were our core values. Today, they're 21 and 22 years old. They get to choose what values will they live by. Well, they've watched us live by them consistently through highs and lows, wins, losses, life, death, fires. Uh, disease, sickness, they've seen that our core values, um, circumstances change, but your values never should. Circumstances come and go, but if you really live a core values life, those principles should become the rock, the foundation of everything you create. It just so happens that when you have solid alignment of unity of core values, it makes it much easier for you to be able to work with your family, live with your family. I'm with my husband almost 24 hours a day. He's usually within six feet of me because we do all of our trainings together, our videos together. Uh, Our son, our daughter are also trainers and speakers and sales executives. Uh, We teach people how to build a business that you like and love with the people that you like and love the most. It's not easy. You got those times where you can fight like cats and dogs. But if your values are the same and your North star is the same, you know, you're fighting for the same reason. So it allows you to back down a lot quicker.
0: Mm. So you mentioned before the work you are doing with your nonprofit organization, EM Women, uh, which rescues and restores the lives of women and girls who have gone through some of life's most difficult challenge. How did it happen?
1: Uh, We had a very successful company in 2006, 2000 to 2006 timeframe, and it was a company that went to a $1.2 billion market cap. Um, We took it from scratch, started in the game room of my brother's uh, game room of his house uh, and my husband, and uh, just it it did amazingly well. So we semi-retired at the age of 36, and we started this nonprofit organization thinking that you know we're going to live the rest of our life, and we're just going to live to give. Uh, My dad was a minister and a businessman. My grandfather was a missionary that sent missionaries. He had a Bible college and sent missionaries all over the world. So I grew up wanting to do more than make money, but not really understanding the dynamics of that. When we were 36 years old, we started EM Women. We started it on uh, July 7th, uh, 2007. And in that season, uh, we started at 7 p.m. So there were a lot of sevens involved. In that season, uh, it was really focused on becoming a platform for women of all backgrounds to be able to, we were putting together an event. This is before Oprah Winfrey had her events. Um, A women's event, like the events I was doing for success, we were putting like 20, 30,000 people in stadiums with men and women looking for success. I said, we need to do one of these just for women. And so we started that process and a lot of women were being touched, not only in the United States, but around the world. We were in 22 countries when the the crash happened in 2008. And that recession and that economic crash, unfortunately, we were young money. We lost everything. And in that season, we had invested poorly and uh, we went through a major devastation financially. So 2008, 2009. Was a very, very difficult season for us. And so I put M Women back on the shelf in 2010. And I went back into corporate America where I was able to produce a lot of money and a lot of success. And then in 2017, when I had that dream I told you about, I really felt I was to step away from corporate America and focus back on M Women. We brought it off the shelf and uh, we began to feed the poor, clothe the naked, help women and girls that couldn't help themselves. And ever since then, it's just been a blessing to see the lives that we've been able to change. Uh, Someone can go to emwomen.com and see what we do there, see the testimonies of the lives of women and girls that we've rescued. And uh, we we are just very passionate. Everything we do in business, uh, we live to give. And so we've got a lot of money that comes in and goes through so that we can continue supporting and helping women and girls today.
0: Well, you're definitely making the difference uh, with your work uh, and um, each of us with our choices can, can have a positive impact uh, um, in the world uh, globally or even locally. How do you feel uh, you're making the world a better place?
1: You know, I think the way we make a world a better place is not so much about what we do, although we do a lot for other people. I think it's about who we are. The world needs less teachers and more examples. And I, I hold my team highly accountable. Don't, don't coach something you're not willing to live. Don't, don't have a program or a book that sounds really good on paper, but that you're not willing to stand behind. In other words, I think by walking the walk and talking the talk and bringing those two together, teaching, but leading by example, uh, the people that we work with now, you know, we've got thousands of people that uh, we work with and, and that we have the privilege of, of helping with their, their businesses, their lives, their businesses, their family. Uh, I would like to say that our programs are doing, am- our testimonies are phenomenal. Lives changed are phenomenal. People launching, starting, scaling big businesses is phenomenal. But even that, I don't think they follow the product I think they follow the leader. And we need more leaders worth following who are willing to stand by their convictions, speak truth, and then walk that out on a daily
0: basis. Mm-hmm. Well, you're given uh, invaluable tips during this interview and we are approaching uh, the end. Unfortunately, I will stay here listening to you for hours and, I, <laughs> and I'm sure our <laughs> listeners too, because I've learned so much and I'm really grateful uh, for that. Um, But uh, what type of advice would you give uh, uh, to anyone during their journey to self-realization?
1: I I think the biggest thing that I would say is identify your North Star. What matters most to you? And then line everything out. You know, so many people have this shotgun mentality. They have so many things they want to accomplish, but they never get rifle focus on one thing that can help them get progress. So, while today, and it's been 35 years, I have a lot of programs and a lot of teachings and a lot of companies that we're invested in. It has to start with something one thing. What is your one thing? And then, what is the 1% that you can do daily to get you closer to that one thing? You know, a lot of people talk about multiple streams of income, which is good but it's not near as good as having one thing that pays the bills and multiple streams of income that could create additional sustainability. Most people are focused on so many things that they forsake one thing that can produce profitability for them. And then making sure that those, that one thing is lined up with the core values or the North Star of what matters most. Maybe that's your family. Maybe that's your faith. Maybe that's uh, philanthropy. What is it that matters most? And then make sure that everything connects to that. So instead of looking like you're spread out, everything's lined up towards your North Star.
0: So before uh, um, we uh, arrive to the last question, um, if anyone would like to get in touch with you, and I'm sure many people, uh, because you offer so many uh, advice, uh, uh, insights, how and um, where can they reach you? Well, we yeah. offer so much free content,
1: and we are we love helping people. So one of the places that they can go is to stacywallace.com. It pretty much gives you access to everything. Uh, but we also have a free challenge that we do called the Life and Business Reset, where I break down a lot of the components of these methods and these strategies and how to reverse engineer and how to get your life to that next place of profitability along with peace. And so if somebody wants to sign up for that, they can go to FBFchallenge.com. So FBF stands for Fueled by Fire, uh, FBFchallenge.com. And uh, they'll be able to register for free. That will put them into my private Facebook community where I connect and uh, have conversation with folks. And uh, then they can go into our free seven-day challenge and uh, get some free great teaching and, and uh, content that hopefully will help them with their life and business.
0: And, well, now the, really the last question uh, that we ask to all of our guests, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self?
1: Uh, it's going to happen. Just relax. Hell can't stop what heaven has ordained for your life. So be at peace. It's going to happen. Be sweet, be kind, be generous. Stacy, never, ever think that giving, even if people take from you, never, ever think that giving isn't worth it. It's always worth the price.
0: Well, thank you, Stacy, for joining us today and sharing your inspirational story and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege. For me too. And for our listeners as well. Uh, So just the last message. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and tune in next week for that new inspirational episode of The Career Changes. Thank you.